your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler. One of them is Scott Hall. And uh, if 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 guys learn how to punch like Scott Hall, we'd be in a lot better shape in, in the professional wrestling business. Um, but, you, you know, you we, we're going to see remnants of him everywhere. Um, and for that, the business is in better shape because of that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, we are here. This is Give Me the Book. Uh, we are back in our recorded glory. Uh, my name is Mike Alloy. With me, as always. Once again, it is the El Guapo of professional wrestling commentary and stand-up comedy. Guys, Satoyo here. Thank you guys so much for tuning. Once again, Give Me the Book. Appreciate you. As you can hear, we are. there's not as much... I would say joy and energy in my waist as there usually is. It has been a rough weekend for uh, the wrestling world. Um, it's, a, it's a bad weekend when Biggie has uh, a broken neck and it's not by far the, the, the worst news that we receive, um, unfortunately. Um, to be honest, yeah. So as, as I was just the telling us before the match, I you know, kind of went through the weekend programming, you know, to get ready for the podcast, but honestly did not even want to watch it because of the news that we were finding out. Um, and I think that's what we got to start with. Uh, one of the wrestling icons, one of um, the, 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 the most famous wrestlers, I would say, you know, the last uh, 30 years has passed away. Uh, unfortunately, like we found out last night he was taking off life support. Um, and uh, the one Scott Hall is no longer with us. Uh, Satoyo, between the two of us, you are kind of the more of a wrestling historian. You have been watching wrestling for a little bit longer than I have. Obviously, I think any wrestling fan knows Scott Hall. You know, everybody knows NWO. Everybody knows the uh, the legendary uh, ladder matches with, with Shawn Michaels and... Um, you know, a lot of other things he was involved with, but, you know, um, if you, if you will, uh, just, you know, talk to what he meant to you as a fan and, uh, just kind of your memories of, uh, the bad guy. Man, Scott Hall is such an interesting character because his, he is such a, a revolutionary figure in the sport of professional wrestling, um, for good reasons and for bad reasons, but there, but there are so many good reasons and there's so many good things that he did get, he did give us. I remember Scott Hall, uh, very, very vaguely in, in, in 1989 versus the great Muda when he was just Scott Hall. Before that, he was in the AWA. I was not watching the AWA at the time. He was a world tag team champions with Kurt Henning. He was Scott Gator Hall because he was from Florida. Um, and he was this, this big, like Tarzan type figure, really. And, um, but I remember watching him in, in, in WCW against Muda. He was very big. He was very athletic. He was very good. And then he was the diamond stud. And WCW, which is kind of like the it literally is the precursor to the Razor Ramon character and uh, his man. And I remember liking the Diamond Stud. I can't even tell you why he, he would wear these uh, overalls. And then like the, he would come to the ring with his manager, Diamond Dallas Page. And then this girl would like 
ripped the overalls off him as he got in the ring. And there is this like gigantic six, seven at that time. He was like 290. Like this guy was just massive. And the diamond stud was a really, really cool gimmick. I thought, I mean, if you watch the diamond stud, if you watch Razor Ramon, there's not that much more difference. It's just that Razor is more sophisticated. So, um, but of course it was WCW during that time. They didn't know what to do with him. Like they had so many, sell so many diamonds in the rough. But when you have like people like George Hurd and no creative vision going for, you're not going to know what to do with a guy like that. So uh, yeah, then all of a sudden he is Razor Ramon. And I remember watching those vignettes. And of course I'm a kid. I'm not immediately making the connection that that's the diamond stud. <laughs> I'm very much like, he looks so much like the diamond stud, you know? Uh, but man, I remember the first time I really saw him and heard him. I remember thinking his entrance music was really cool. And, uh, you know, Kevin Nash said it best, you know, when when they when he talks about his time as as Razor, he's like, you know why you're going to get over. You have cool entrance music. And for a baby face, that is so incredibly essential. He was big. He could move really well. He could sell as a heel. He was excellent. His transition into a baby face, his program with the one, two, three kids, Sean Waltman was excellent. And then literally he became at varying points, arguably the most over baby face in the company, just depending on the time period. He had four reigns as the Intercontinental Champion, which at the time that he left was a record because, again, the titles weren't passed around like hot potatoes. People have to understand with Scott Hall, his run, his initial run in WWF was only four years. He was there from 92 to 96. And that Razor Ramon character had made such an imprint in our minds. I remember him versus Diesel at SummerSlam 94 for the Intercontinental Championship with um with Walter Payton in his corner and Sean or uh, in Kevin Nash had Shawn Michaels uh, in his corner and just the barn burners. I mean, he was getting good matches out of Kevin Nash. Obviously, the matches that he had were Sean, you know, classics. Uh, he had great matches with Rick Martell, the one, two, three kid, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, in that run, dude, he may Shane Douglas, man didn't have a bad match. Like just in that, in that Bret Hart Survivor Series 92, him and Bret Hart, absolute barn burner when Bret had just won the title. And then, of course, his stuff with the NWO realistically actually did change the business. Now, the 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 angle in and of itself was based off a New Japan angle, but they switched it, modified it, made it more modernized for the 90s. And it worked. It was it was gangbusters. Um, you know, and people have to remember, man, Scott Hall was doing all of this with extreme post-traumatic stress disorder from from an incident that happened in the I believe it was early 80s where he was a bouncer and, you know, someone lost their life in an altercation uh, with him. So, you know, when people talk about well, he's an alcoholic, he had post-traumatic stress disorder. They had just never gotten checked during a time period where big burly guys just didn't do that. Here's how cool the Razor Ramon gimmick was, bro. Razor Ramon was so cool that, like, we, we were, like, nice. They were, like, he's from Cuba. And then they, and then they had to salt it to say, no, nah, his family is from Cuba. <laughs> and then we found out that he just wasn't Cuban. I ain't none of my Latin friends ever been upset about that. Like you see pictures of, of Razor Ramon of Scott Hall just in the hood with a bunch of black kids <laughs> and he's just looking as regular and they are happier than the man. Dude, he was so cool. And on top of being cool, he was really, really good in the ring, especially when he was like, yeah, of course, younger. But then even when he was older, when he was motivated, he had great match. He had great matches with Sting. Um, he had great matches with Kevin Nash. They had a Halloween Havoc match, I believe, from 98 that I, I love. I don't care what no one says i thought that was a really great piece of business there um and then he, you know came back 
to WW, uh, you know, E by that point, worked with Steve Austin, arguably took one of the best stunners ever. Scott Hall was such a figure, man, that he would break down the game to dudes in such a way that, because Kurt Heading taught him. He's like, Kurt Heading was like, yo, no, no. If a guy beats me with his finish, I don't kick out at two. I don't kick out at three and a half. I lay there till 20. I'm done. You know, the idea of selling the things that he like, the little intricacies that he, that a motivated Scott Hall uh, would give uh, were absolutely tremendous. And also we have to note, he was the one who pitched to Sting the Crow character. So when people talk about his aptitude for the business, it's really, really there. Um, now, of course, he was with the click. You know, so they, you know, they did business in a way that not a lot of people agreed with. I certainly didn't agree with it, still don't agree with it. But we cannot dispute that this man, I mean, he's like a, he's, he's like a rock star in pro wrestling. And then in New Japan, well, everywhere he went, incredibly well respected, um, especially when motivated. Um, so, I mean, deepest condolences to the Hall family, to Cody Hall, his son, of course, uh, it's a real big blow to the wrestling community at large because even those of us who no longer watch pro wrestling, who fell out with it, they remember a time when Razor Ramon made it really, really cool. And Scott Hall has made an indelible mark in so many of our minds as professional wrestling fans. Yeah, I, I always let you kind of, you know, uh, I always pass you the mic in these situations because you can, you one, you just have more knowledge on, on, on wrestling than I do. And I think you can speak much more eloquently than I can. The only thing I can add is just, uh, you know, watching his clips in the last, you know, 24 hours, um, or last 48 hours, is uh, how giving he was as a worker. Like, I think that part, you know, and you hear his stories, like, you know, everybody knows the one to three K, kind of the first big uh, televised upset, right, in, uh, in WWE, right, where um, this guy, again, I think this was one to three kids debut on, on, uh, on, on raw or it was his, it was his debut as the one, two, three kid. He had been the kamikaze kid, the cannonball kid. He had been all these iterations of kids and he was getting slaughtered every single week. And then he was just the kid. It wasn't even like the one, two, three kid. It was just once he got the the pin, he became the, but before that he was just the kid. He was getting killed every single week. He was dying every single fucking week. And Scott Hall made him a star overnight. Made, 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 gave him a career that lasted 15 years, right? Um, you know, if, if, if not long. Actually, yeah, actually, he, he just wrestled the last month. So, you know, yep. he was still going. Um, and, and look at the story. Yes, yes. He wins in, uh, yep. in 1997 when he was just kind of an, uh, a talented, but like un, not particularly remarkable or, or characterless, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, uh, light heavyweight in uh, WCW. That was like his kind of breakthrough win. Uh, you know, we I just uh, I showed you a clip. I didn't even know. Uh, you know, uh, gave Tanahashi a big win back in old yep. you know, New Japan. Tanahashi was still a young boy. Dude, he really uh, did. He did. He didn't like you. You hear stories about. Sorry to cut you off about Bischoff yelling at Hall backstage. Like, what does it matter? I'm over. It doesn't matter. And he let the young boy Tanahashi beat him. Like, yeah, but I mean, whatever. Like, hey, man, it's fine. Like, I'm still, I'm still Razor. I'm still that dude. It doesn't matter. And it was really cool. Uh. Puro Wave, uh, Puro Wave has a really cool Instagram channel. You guys should check out P U R W W A V E on Instagram. And uh, they were showing a bunch of clips. And then you have Tanahashi recently with everything going on, came out to the ring and was doing the razor, you know, stroll out there. I mean, or the, the hall stroll. I mean, the guy was so incredibly giving at a time period where a lot of his peers, meaning the click, meaning the NWO, 
were incredibly self-interested and selfish. Now, he was self-interested about that money because he's a good in terms of like the wins and the losses and stuff like you can make a valid case that putting the world title on Scott Hall in 1994-95 would have been a good move had it maybe not been for his issues. In fact, I would argue that you should at least have given him the strap in 95. He was there. He couldn't have. Uh, it was already a down period in the business. Hey, man, why let Nash hold that thing for a whole year and then suffer the brunt of that? Let Hall get a piece of that, too, especially, you know, like you could have kept that Scott yeah, Hall or the Razor Ramon. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you could have you could have kept the Razor Ramon diesel feud going by having Razor beat, you know, Backlund the night after Survivor Series and then have the heel chase him and then have the heel get the win and they, they go back and forth. Who knows? But Scott Hall, again, he, he enters that that rarefied air of uh, great all time great workers who never got to be world champion. So he's, he's in there with Kirk. And, and dudes like that, but uh, a tremendous passing from a guy whom realistically probably could have been more selfish in the ring and no one would have said too much about it. No, and again, and just to go along with the, 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 his, the, the giving um, uh, personality or uh, giving talents, I mean, one of the best bumpers and sellers, you said it, I mean, the way he would, you know, the way he took the, the stunner is, you know, right up there with the rock as far as nobody else took, really took it better. Um, the way he would take punches, I mean, just watching the match he mentioned with Sting, uh, yes. you know, him stumbling around. You can see people, you know, who, who use that technique to this day. Uh, yes. obviously, like, and you can tell that that's what they're doing, you know, with, the, with the, the stumbling all around. Not quite like, you know, I know Ruth Flair did the stumbles, but they weren't different. He didn't have like the, the drunken feet the way he, he was, got hold that, of it. And that was a six, he was seven. one of the best punchers in wrestling. Yes. One of the best you yes. know, punchers as well. So, uh, you know, he made that the, the strikes. I would say yeah. very interesting. And at the time in, in, in WCW, when, you know, that main event scene, especially, we're not known for, for match rate. Uh, Scott Hall was like one of the few bright spots where like if he's in the ring, uh, there was an interest because wow, it's an NWO, but you actually had interest mm-hmm. from people who were there for good matches, you know, and it wasn't just like uh, they didn't have to turn off the channel, you know, once the lightweights were, were done. So right. Yeah. I mean, Scott Hall, again, keep in mind, like bumping at six, seven. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not that's not that's not a small dude. That's a grown man out there bumping. And yes, I will say this and people may disagree. But if you look at the rocks punches that you can see a lot of influence from how Scott Hall would throw his punches. Scott Hall was a bit better because rocks were just a little bit more cartoonish. Yeah, they were cartoonish. Yeah, they were a little bit more cartoonish in nature, but Scott, when he threw them, it looked like, okay, he tagged them, you know? So yeah, man, the, the guy was, uh, it's one of those things that like I am happy uh, to hear that regardless of the personal issues that he may have had with certain people in the wrestling business that comes along with entertainment, but there does appear to be, you know, towards the end of his life, there was a bit of peace there. Um, and when you've lived such a hard life, hopefully there was peace there. Hopefully he was able to make peace with people that he needed to make peace or at least enough. It's never perfect. These things never are. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully, you know, the last few years look pretty good, man. And considering that uh, maybe, what, six years, seven years prior, it was it was really bad. It was really, really bad. I mean, we we just lost him, but it was looking like we were going to lose him a lot sooner. So, you know, that's the part that kind of gets me, man, is the fact that, you know, we because we, I think we're so used to uh, wrestlers passing early. Um, and, of course, everybody knows about his uh, demons and, you know, his struggles. Um 
I, I think it's a little, it's, I don't know if they were underreported or, or maybe underacknowledged how uh, unfortunate his specific passing was because he wasn't, this wasn't natural causes or anything like that. Yeah. This was a man going in to get his hip fixed and just yep. coming back. And that, yep. that's what kills you, you know? And I, I don't know enough about medicine to make any accusations or anything like that. I, I, I generally do not know, but it's just, it just sucks, man. It's, you yeah, know, it's, it sucks. Really, that the, the you mere... know, anybody passed away, it's unfortunate, but in this case, it's, it's heartbreaking. And of course, our thoughts are with, you know, his family and loved ones. Yeah. I mean, honestly, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler, one of them is Scott Hall. And, uh, if 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 guys learn how to punch like Scott Hall, we'd be in a lot better shape in, in the professional wrestling business. Um, but, you, you know, you we, we're going to see remnants of him everywhere. Um, and for that, the business is in better shape because of that. Absolutely. Well, that um, now the other the other piece of unfortunate news we have to address, of course, uh, is uh, Big E, former WWE champion, Big E. Uh, I think they were looking like we were going to get New Day um, with, um, I think the surprise was supposed to be um, the return of Xavier Woods, so, uh, who was not on TV, but again, we know he's healthy. So I think this, uh, the, the expected surprise on this week's upcoming SmackDown was that, uh, sorry, um, uh, Austin, Xavier Woods, <laughs> Xavier Woods is back, um, and New Day is finally reunited and they're ready to take on the new British uh, squad of Butch, Sheamus, and Rich Holland. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, obviously, the angle is off to a horrible start as Big E was dropped on his head by Rich Holland, and uh, turns out he has fractured uh, a vertebrae, vertebrae in his neck. Good news is he does not require surgery. Um, there was again, as I mentioned, I think there was the said there was a fracture not broken, not uh, displaced, if I'm not mistaken. If I got it wrong, I do apologize again. Not it's, I believe it's his I believe it's a C one and a C six. The C right. six appears to be able to heal at a much more normal rate. It's the C one that is the real issue. So even though a, a surgery is not required, that does not mean this man can wrestle ever again. It is not a given. Mm. And I will say I was I had just turned on SmackDown, and wouldn't you know it? The first thing that I see when I turn on SmackDown is him getting dropped on his head. And I remember seeing I'm like, it's broken. It was it's awful to look at. It's awful. It's one of those awful, awful things that sometimes I feel like it's not. They say it ain't ballet. I dig it. I'm also like the circumstances are very funky to me. And sometimes maybe we shouldn't do some of these things. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm at a stage now where I'm like, hey, man, some of these throws outside. I know y'all both big and athletic, but. You know, y'all doing this all the time. Maybe you just a little tired tonight and that just shouldn't be the thing that happens. Um, so, I, you know, it's a little concerning um, because this is you see this very, very. I mean, we've seen stuff like this where an injury takes a guy out who has so they haven't even gotten a chance to reach their ceiling. And when I tell you Biggie has not gotten a chance to reach a ceiling, I want you to understand how abysmally his title run was 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 done, how terribly it was curated. Um, and it was not his fault. He did everything that he could do within the limits that they put him in to make that situation pop. He loses the title. And I'm sorry, I'm going to keep it up being. It's no disrespect to the other talent. They were bottom of the card. He drops down that card with them for what? For why? You can't do nothing with this man. You just put him back in this situation where something like this can happen. 
when realistically he should be higher up on the card working a singles program, even though I understand hypothetically working in a single, something bad could still happen. But this guy right now is one of your guys on top who is arguably your youngest guy who has been a world champion a little bit. So what, so what, so what the fuck? You, so now you got this quagmire of a situation. You might as well call up Braun Breaker, I guess. I don't know. Like, because now man's can't come back for a while, if at all. And even if, in, look, he can make a full recovery. Full recovery does not mean you return to the wrestling ring. You know what I'm saying? Look at Jason Jordan. Full recovery don't mean you come back and wrestle. It's not how it is. No, yeah. I, I, to, to answer your question, I think the, the thinking there, and I think it's, it's the gift and the curse, or the, you know, it's the gift and the curse of a successful faction, right? Where the new day is just so over. It's, it's one of the biggest just things that has come out of WWE in the last 10 years. Like, hey, man, you know, we have WrestleMania coming up. They want to see you guys together. That's 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 a money-making thing, and it's kind of true. Like, a lot of people still love New Day, so I understand. Totally, totally, I'm totally not, cool. I'm not just totally. fine. I'm just saying I understand the idea behind creative. It's like, hey, man, let's 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 make some more money after WrestleMania. Maybe we'll figure out something for you and get you back on the singles. Yeah. And get this money. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but at, at the same time, again, I think the way you bring up the idea is not terrible. Like, I, I wasn't mad at the idea of, like, all right, look, we have this new guy, Rich Holland, we're building up. We have this guy, Pete Dunn, who we're, you know, we're trying to build up. Working with a new day is, is, is a it's good, good. It's, 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 it's good. It. It's a good look for them. Too. It's a good look for them. It does nothing for the, no. the for the actual over faction. So the issue, and that's why I say the issue I have with that is I'm not saying break up. I've never been one of these people break up new day, do it. No, it's like. The New Day can exist in the W within their beloved WWE universe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it was the mere fact that uh, what was it two months ago? Was it two day one or whatever? He's he's yep. he's one of the most lightly regarded WWE champs of all time, but he's still the champ, and he's got to be sacrificed for what? And he just falls down the card when there's better stuff for him. I'm I'm sorry. You want to try to make Ridge Holland knock yourself out? You want to call Pete Dunn Butch knock yourself out? Biggie higher up on the card than them. So, so respect it, respect the investment, respect the time that you put into him as a singles when he was showing up to all these college game days and shit. Now his neck is fractured for what, for what, when you could have got, when you should have done the right thing, I'm not saying keep him at the top of the card, but keep him in a strong singles thing in the lead up to WrestleMania. You could have done that, but no nostalgia. We want that old thing back. And it's like, yeah, but you just devalued your better act. You did. You just devalued your better act for the sake of what? So, you know, but having said, having said all of that, the thing that is most important is that Biggie heals up as best as he possibly can. Wrestling aside, now it just has to be about the quality of his life, uh, because with them neck things, when you in your mid 30s, neck things are always a precarious situation. You in your mid 30s, you know, as a professional wrestler. Not everybody gets to have the Orton run. So you got to start thinking about things a little bit differently. So, I mean, honestly, if he has a, as, as long as he can have a great quality of life, if that means he can't be in the ring no more, well, that's how they chose to sacrifice that. And that's just what it is. Yeah, man. Again, no, um, obviously, you know, as, as a fan, you, you want to see him come back and, you know, would love it. But at this point, again, I'm just happy again. So far, all the news coming out, besides the fact that, you know, it'd be ideal if there was no injury, but, with there being an injury, all the news coming out were good. And at least it looks like, again, the, the quality of his life, at least right now, will not suffer. But as you said, you know, make no mistake about it. This has taken years off his career. Even if he yes. comes back, that's, oh, yeah. there's, you know, that's, uh, he's, this is, he's done. This is awful. Yeah. 
Um, he's done. I mean, it's like it's like when Austin broke his neck. Like, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's of yeah. no surprise that within five years he was done, and one year he took off entirely. So yeah. it was. It's very. So make no mistake. Even if Big E comes back, it, it it's all it's all Edge, done. Same thing. Edge was in that. It retired yeah. for nine years because of neck issue as well. I think yeah. um, Dan Bryan it was it was a brain issue. So it wasn't mm-hmm. a neck thing. Um, I mean, listen, we just had Ricky. You know, Ricky Starks was on the on the uh, more. You know, it was more positive. But even he was gone for what three four months. If I'm not mistaken, at the three four months till he had his first match, and then he didn't have another match for another few months. I'm still like, yo, what's up with Starks? Because to me, I'm like, yeah, he seems healthy, but if his neck ain't good, don't put him in there. Like, that's just where I'm at. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know Starks wants to get back out there, but remember, Starks had his first match, and then it, first match back, and then it was a, a while before yeah. he had another match. Yeah. yeah. So, again, wishing the best to Big E. Let's actually talk about some wrestling that we watched. We Let's actually, you know, get into uh, some matches before before all the horrible, horrible things happen. Um Last we talked, we previewed AEW uh, Revolution. Uh, we have had the pay-per-view now. We have had time to watch the matches. Uh, I'm not going to pretend. I've only watched the, uh, the the main card, and I only watched it once because it was a lot of wrestling uh, that we had to watch. Uh, I do think it's – some people don't like it. I think it's a legit criticism. Shout out to you, Sitter. I think you watched it live, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how I, you I was did at, that, man. I was <laughs> that's, at Punch. That's crazy. Well, you know um, what? You know, you know how I did it. You know, how I did it. Mm-hmm. I was at Punchline. I was featuring. So I so, so I had I couldn't like watch it with sound on. And there was a 25 minute block that I actually just missed or at least 30 minutes that I just missed because I was working. And then when I came back, the sound was off. So I got to peek in and out. And then the next day I got to come in. But I knew I was like, yeah, you're going to give me a lot because, again, I don't think they're going to stop this trend of having these four hour pay-per-views because of how infrequently they do pay-per-views. So they're going to do this because they have to have all these stories that have this build. Having said that, I looked at that card. I'm like, that's a long night. (laughs) It's a long (laughs) night, boy. (laughs) It is. It is. And it's but there was some good stuff on the card. I think overall, compared to the last pay-per-view, I think. um, I, I always say on here, I think uh, this was actually received fairly, fairly which is which doesn't usually happen with AW pay per views because last it was, two, this was this was good and it was I better was than really the last good. one. I think it got received as something that was really good. Yep. Um, because again, the last two AW All Out was received as the best pay per view of all time. I'm like, all right, it was great. That's it's definitely the best AW pay per view still to the date. Let's come down a little bit. I thought AW Full Gear was okay and it was received as oh my god, it's like eh, it has. Uh, some ups and downs. I thought this was much better, significantly better than Full Gear. Um, maybe not as good as the All Out, but nonetheless, that's a lot of really, really good stuff going on. Um, with the highlight for me being, I think you know Moxley and uh, and, uh, and and Brian Danielson, I think put on uh, lived up to the expectations that we had and put on the best match of the night. Uh, I thought it was uh, hard hitting affair, just you know exactly what we wanted, and of course introducing William Regal. Into the faction or is oh, always always a positive. I think yeah. I don't know anybody in in in, in wrestling currently with a higher Q rating than William Regal. Uh, just seems to be beloved by everybody and deserving as so. Uh, but yeah, this was again we had uh, some technical wrestling. We had some wild brawling. Uh, we had some blood. You know, pretty much everything you expect to to get from the match. And uh, like I said, I looked up to its lofty expectations. Yeah, I thought it was a good pay-per-view, um, and I appreciated what they were doing throughout the entire show. I do want to give some shout-outs, some honorable mentions. One, a shout-out to QT Marshall. Uh, you always need someone like him in any professional wrestling locker room. Knows exactly what to do, how to do it, knows how to make 
whoever you need to make look great. And at the same time is a tremendous trainer as well. Those guys obviously are, uh, you know, a shout out to the business. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho, I thought was was great. Um, it was Jericho's best match probably in all of AEW in its entire run, perhaps had the drama, had everything that you needed. Um, Eddie really got to go into his all pro. <laughs> he got to go into his all Japan bag, which I know he was very excited about. So I was really cool with that. I thought the 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 uh, the the latter match was madness, which I anticipated and we got through it. Um, I And again, I was I was spot on on this Jay Cargill versus. First, Tay, Tay Conti, six minutes and 50 seconds. I said, give, give me a good seven and we'll be just fine. I thought CM Punk versus MJF was the match of the night. I thought it had the highest amount of drama. I thought the story that was being told around it made the most sense. And again, it was a story leading to other stories. So that's why I got the nod. For me, I think people really need to understand that um, – CM, CM Punk is a credit to any locker room from a professional wrestling standpoint because he engages in professional wrestling in a way that makes you want to feel something about the story being told and then the action in the ring. So his selling is great. He's still one of the best in the world. Um, and he still has these moments where you wonder if he can continue during a match when if you are an older wrestler, that's a very, very helpful uh, trick to have. Uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa was not good. Uh, but it was, but it was what it was. Um, thankfully, they're running that thing back, and it's it's funny to me. Britt Baker's had all three of the AEW worlds. They finally got a good title out of this thing. They finally felt they they gave. They finally, hey, they worked hard because it looks good. I mean, once that t- I was I was clowning. I was like that TBS title. I hear killing that world title. I was like, y'all got to fix that. So they finally fixed it. I thought Moxley versus Danielson was great. Uh, I like I knew they were going to build like a crescendo, like an orchestra. They did that. That was really cool. I thought Darby Allen and, uh, you know, Sammy Guevara and Sting versus uh, Andrade El Idolo and Matt Hardy versus Isaiah Cassidy had some cool moments in it. Uh, I don't want to see Sting jump off nothing high ever again. Um, the man. See, y'all have to put respect on that man's name. You just must because there's no reason. He is one of the greatest who have ever lived. One of the most indestructible not, human beings who's ever lived, man. That's fine. yeah. I mean, let me, I don't know let me knock on wood right now as you say yeah, that I shit. Know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you do that shit at 62 and now like self combust. Yeah, I. I mean, honestly, man, I don't know. He prays. So there was that. I mean, it helps. It helped further a story than, you know, we got to Wednesday. But, you know, the match was in and of itself fine. I thought Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole was also a good match. Um, I think uh, they they delivered in a way that I expected them to. So um, but, you know, it was it was it's one of those things where it was a good pay-per-view. And oftentimes what you need is just a good pay-per-view. We don't have to. I don't like it when people think about things in the context of what does this mean for the greater diaspora? No, I mean, you have to look at WWE in much the same way. I mean, they're getting you month to month. That's why like, people are, oh, how do you feel about that? But no, it was, it was there. It was fine. Or it was good. Like, we're getting to the net, whatever the next thing is. They pumping these motherfuckers out on the assembly chain. AEW, not so much. So I'll take a good pay-per-view, especially a good pay-per-view that's four hours. And I know I had the benefit of not having to listen to the whole thing. So that, you know, I know I I, I, I lucked out there. I think the one match you didn't touch on before I give my, my, my opinion on more matches. The one match I didn't hear you touch upon was the, the tag team match, the triple threat. Yeah, because it was there and it was okay. there in service. It was there. It was there in service to Red Dragon and the Young Bucks. 
And then, which is fine, because sometimes you do have just more over teams that their lineage and their reputation is going to sort of overshadow the babyface champions. But I will say this, that to to Jurassic Park, uh, to their to their credit, they maximize their time in that Luchasaurus has gotten way better, like way better, like frighteningly good. Uh, Jungle Jack Perry is just an amazing athlete, physical performer and specimen. So them holding on to the titles obviously is the right call. Uh, and we did have, and then we did have Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. So Layla's getting her win. They're establishing that character uh, as it were. So, you know, there is that. I, I thought that this pay-per-view was in service to everything going forward, which is a good idea because Wednesday they gave us more information, which we knew they would have to give us. So, you know, I, I thought it was good and that is that, and that is fine. Yeah, I don't have, and I guess do not have too much to add. The only thing I would say about the, I think the dog collar match, I think it was really good. I I think it's it it dragged in the way it was supposed to, meaning it, it felt like it was a war of attrition in which they reminded us many times throughout the, if you listen to the match. um, It was good, but like, I don't know if I want to watch it ever again. You know what I mean? The, the, like, it, like it felt long, and which yes, it, was it was cool, yeah. it was the point. Yep. Um, but yeah, again, it did what it's supposed to. Um, again, very happy that they pulled the trigger heavy on Warlow. They say you gain the win and you gain the moment the same night. Um, he probably, I'm assuming, is not going to get uh, the the TNT championship now. By the way, we also we, we should say we should say before we go to that point, shouts to Scorpio Sky for finally winning the TNT championship. Also, did you know Sammy Guevara finally learned how to sell? <laughs> He could sell when he was when he was when he was booked to lose. Boy, he couldn't. Oh, everything was hurting. Like every, he just couldn't. He couldn't make it. He was barely holding on. But look at this brave, strong champion. But yeah, shout out to Scorpio for finally winning that. Um, it it it's it was high time. Um, but looking at how he won it, I'm like, okay, well, if he had won it earlier, it wouldn't have been as impactful realistically. So you know, if had he won it against Cody, which I would have loved. It wouldn't have been as impactful as when he won it, you know, recently. It just wouldn't have been. Uh, I don't I don't know that Wardlow. I mean, to me, you could. That's where in the old days, that's a perfect transitional champion situation right there. Right. But you're not going to. No, 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 no. Hear me out. No, 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 no. Hear me out. In the old days, it's a perfect way just to transition a champion because you have to remember here in the north. That's what WWF was exclusively. Um, like for a long time, even up until recently, actually. So, I mean, it was the perfect, hey, you know what? Uh, Koloff beats Bruno, Morales beats Koloff. You know what I'm saying? Like just easy. Backlund beats Brett, Diesel beats Backlund. Just these, or or <laughs> Yoko beats Brett, Hogan beats Yoko. Like very quick transitional situations, which is actually smart. You can do, they will do in the future. I don't know that they do it this Wednesday because MJF will have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's it's pretty clearly going to be a setup for MJF World of you, which we've all been waiting for. And I think it's it's a good, like, yeah, it's a good setup. Um, I'm assuming CM Punk is now moving on to uh, challenging Hangman because again, I can't. Again, I, to be fair, I don't have the rankings in front of me, but I can't imagine anybody being higher than CM Punk right now in the promotion and kind of being uh, ready to step up to that. Uh, you know, uh, top uh, challenger position. Um, but we shall see again. Uh, I'm trying to think what else happened on, on Rampage that's relevant for us to talk about. 
Uh, I think this week we gained Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Yeah, Rose. Thunder Rosa, the rematch. He's finally going to win. It's, it's, I think they are, I, I appreciate what they're doing when you to go to the hometown to do it. I think it's, they overthought it a little bit because it's like, oh, well, like the second she lost, everybody kind of put it together and like we can all see it happening from a mile away. So at that point, either just don't, either just pull the trigger, don't overthink it, or just don't even put that match on a pay per view. I understand why you have to. Because it's your hey. women's title, etc. But I, you know, it's it's not. Hey. It, it makes it feel like that. That it makes that match feel like it didn't matter. Hey uh, man, I'll, even I'll, that the match was not was probably the worst hey, match in the card. I was about to say, hey man, you don't pull a trigger on a match like that. <laughs> you just, don't, I mean, honestly, look at that. Like, nah, you don't pull a trigger on a match like that. That thing was that thing was it, it was because if you would have done it, she's dead in the water. And we need to get out of this WWE narrative that when the when the baby faces in their hometown, you murder them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's so it's OK to get out of that that mode as well. But yeah, I mean, I, and again, I would have been in favor of them pulling the trigger. And then I was watching the match and I was like, Britt Baker needs to win this to get us through because you can't that be deader than Sunday morning when she gets that, you know, when the, your new AEW women's champion, Thunder Rosa after that, nah, man, we, we, all right. We, all right. No, I, I agree with you completely. Uh, we also have, again, I think we have a continuation of Jericho is going finally fully healed. I think we'll know Jericho goes fully healed when he finally stopped, when he gets a different entrance music, which is what I'm waiting for because right now it's been a little weird. Like he's been healing up, but then, you know, everybody sings his music along with him and then they boom. It's like, just it feels a little silly uh but i do appreciate the the jericho appreciation society that's like a good mm-hmm. uh you know uh, feeds his ego it's a perfect yeah it's and i think it, it perfectly fits his uh his character um mm-hmm. I, again i thought his business with eddie kingston was just really good i think you know it's, it's about time he got his big win i hope they keep some momentum going behind him i think honestly you know i, I know i just said that cm punk is probably next up for the world title, and that's probably true for the next pay per view. But you know, it'd be cool if Eddie Kingston maybe you know can uh can go up against Hangman, even if it's like you know for the number one contender spot. Like if I beat you, I get the world championship. You know, because I we know Hangman is gonna have a match his own dynamite be, be, between now and uh and double or nothing. So that you know, and again, like I say, Eddie Kingston just got his first big win. Let's let's keep the momentum going on. Let's you know, let's make that win actually matter. Don't just say okay, he got his first big win. Let's do something with it. And I trust AEW will do that. Um, anything, else, anything else you want to talk about as far as AEW or Dynamite? As far as AEW Dynamite, no, I think I think we covered the – we cleared the spread there. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, let's talk Sacrifice. That's something you meant uh, – you've been asking me to watch the pay-per-view. I have watched uh, the pay-per-view. I thought it was very good. I think Jay White had his best match in U.S. soil maybe ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, actually, that was my favorite match the entire week. Like, I'll put that match over any match that Revolution did, that Dynamite did, that Raw SmackDown did. I'll say this: nobody was seeing that. Nobody was seeing Jay White versus Alex Shelley. That from just, I mean, with no story. Let me just talk about bell to bell. That match was excellent. Just excellent. They're both very good. They're very good. And again, Alex Shelley, somebody I I knew the name. I haven't seen too much of his work. Just to be honest with you, I do know TNA, Motor City. Uh, Gods Kubilei reunited and uh, will be uh, wrestling with FTR on, I believe, on an independent date at some point. But uh, we'll try to go out of my way to catch it. But, yeah, uh, you can actually see a lot of Jay White in uh, in Alex Shelley, which is the story, yes. right? The story is yes. actually has been his mentor. Uh, but just the way they move, again, just very soft fundamentals, how smooth they transition from 
one move to the other um and and the selling and and also just you know the fact that um the the the, the cockiness and how cool they are again they're kind of they're very much cut from the same cloth i think that was part of the story but yeah man talk to me again you were a huge fan of the match i thought the match was great i don't know if i'll I, I, I would say probably Danielson, Moxley, I enjoy a little bit more. I'm a huge Dragunov fan, so I'll probably put Dragunov Fraser over it as well. But that's about it as far as like matches I thought were better this week. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, I thought this match, in terms of one, one thing that Jay White does very, very well, better than I think most anyone right now, maybe with the exception of Punk, everything he does makes sense. So in that match, there was not a lot of high spots or not a lot of ridiculous, even from Shelly, because Shelly... Shelly's very, very excellent as well. But Shelly's like, yeah, I, I was doing all that crazy stuff you kids were doing. I do this more now. I can still do that stuff, but it just didn't make sense within the confines of that match because the prime aims in that match were to win the match. Like that was a, it was, yes, they had, they had the story of, hey, I trained you or you were in my house, you know, in Detroit and all this other stuff. So the story's built in there, but the prime aims were to show I am better than you. You know, and Jay was like, you never knew me. You know, so the U.S. of Jay tour continues on very, very strongly. Also, Jonah and, and uh, PCO had a crazy match, um, which I would expect nothing less from PCO. So that was that, that was interesting. Just, uh, just, one, sorry, just the, 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 the transition, because, again, I, I, I like to kind of, kind of explain why do we like certain matches. And for me, like the highlight of that match was the, the transitioning between the two finishers. One, again, mm-hmm. I love when if that's part of the story, like, hey, how well these two guys know each other. Show it to me. Don't just like say it. Show it to me. And again, them going back and forth between um, what is Alex Shelley's move called? Like, it, it's a Gargano escape. Uh, yes. it's, it's, yeah. uh, yeah. ring, it's not ring of saturn i mean i think it's the, the no it's not the it's not the rings of saturn goodness yeah. gracious what does he call it it, it, it works it's, it's a move that works your shoulder again uh jay white being excellent so like he is kept you know holding his shoulder the entire match kind of you know kept you know going back to it but the transition between alex shale is a mission move and uh, jay white trying to hit um uh, the the Jesus Christ, but I can't remember what's the the the, uh, the, the reckoning. The, which is yes, the no, well, you know? yeah, it's it's the Blade Runner. The Blade Runner. <laughs> but, yeah, yes, I do. I do. Yeah. Apologize. <laughs> He's just been trying to hit the, the Blade Runner. I kind of them going back and forth. At one point, Alex Shelley actually hit the Blade Runner, which again ties back to the story. So just again, just the idea of having the story sticking to it. I mean, as I said, doing things that make sense with the story and and of course popping the crowd. Um. Yeah, it was just it was just really, really well done. But it wasn't, uh, you know, hitting each other's finishes just for the sake of doing it. It was done very yeah. smart. And no, it was it was like whoever hits it wins it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was cool. I do think that they have other cool things uh, that were on this pay per view. Of course, we we did have uh, Trey Miguel beat Jake something. I love Jake something. That guy is impressive. But he's now a free agent. So I hope someone has the sense to pick that man up because. I mean, not only the look, but like he's he he has it um, and he'll only get better. With time. McIntyre. And part of mm-hmm. it is, is the fact that, again, when Drew had the, the independence, he was working these cruiserweights and like mm-hmm. and just, you know, kind of, you know, doing the match where he would keep up with them. He would, you know, do the same as they would do and, and then also, you know, sell the offense really well. And I think, you know, you see Jake something work with uh, Ace Austin and work with Trey Miguel over yeah. the past few months. Um, you know, a lot of the, him. Uh, just a lot of similarities, and again, excellent, excellent work in the ring. Uh, do not know too much about his character, or his promo. I've seen some on Impact. Impact is not necessarily a great place just to go in because the you know to test out the the promo skills and anything like that. I I would love to see him in 
maybe like a bigger arena and and see his skills. But he, I think he he's definitely has something to offer to both. I think he's he, he definitely can, uh, in in the program at least mid card on WWE and AEW tomorrow. If, if, yeah, if easily. Easily. And then, you know, of course, we had we had before that we had Rich Swan and Willie Mack defeat uh, Honor No More, which of which is Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. I thought that was a cool thing. I thought more so just to see Matt Taven somewhere other than Ring of Honor, which still kind of like freaks me out. I do like the Honor No More faction because Honor No More has a leader, which is like one of Impact's dogs like Eddie Edwards switched sides and went to Honor No More. Um, So he defeated Rhino. And that I, I like that match. You know, a lot of these matches didn't go particularly long. They were just to sort of tell the story. And I like the match because honestly, any match with Rhino that goes under 10 minutes is good. You have to, you, you gotta, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, they, 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 they're trying, man. They're, they're, yeah. they're both, it's, it was a little bit, a little bit of a, of a, of a old man bum fight. Well, it's of, hard because, because they, can't, they, they don't Eddie is, so well anymore. Um, Eddie's not Eddie's not a lot of extra shit in there and and you know and I, and I do like the concept of Ring of Honor maybe a little bit more than the execution but you know they're they're doing what they can and uh they're telling a good story with it it's not that Eddie's old he just he just took up the Tommy Dreamer mantle and was like I don't have to do cardio no more which honestly he if he does cardio and gets back in the gym within eight weeks there's going to be a marked difference because the guy's like 37 38 years old so he's not old it's just you know hey like that 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 uh like the the hard to kill eddie edwards got over you know what i'm saying like the technical eddie edwards was just always the good technician and then he was just like i'm wearing jeans anytime you see a good technical wrestler start to wear jeans be concerned because uh, it, it might be going a, a different way. We also had the influence of Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood beat the inspiration to win the Impact uh, Knockout Worlds. It's a lot of the, the influence, the inspiration, the aspiration, you know, a lot of these names. But shouts to Tennille Dashwood, actually, for winning her first, you know, world title, like, I think in US, on U.S. soil. Like, I mean, in the winding road that it has been for her, of course, at least like Madison Rain's uh, third time as champion. She's also from Columbus, Ohio. So shouts to her. Uh, Diana Pedraza uh, defeated Chelsea Green for the ROH uh, Women's World Championship. So I'm super happy to see the title still being defended. Um, we'll see what Khan wants to do with it when they do the reboot. But for now, Diana Pedraza is still, you know, is holding belts all over the place. A shocker for me, Tasha Steele beat Mickey James to win the Impact Knockouts World's Championship. The ma- it made sense. I just didn't see it happening. I thought, oh, no, she's so over. She just came off the rumble and did it. Da, da, da. But thinking about it, no, that's when you do take it off her and you give it to someone who's like they need that, you know, and, and Mickey understands and that. So she's, I, my yes. first, the first time watching her. So I think she's really smooth in the ring. She's she can mm-hmm. have a pro, good promo. She can talk. She can wrestle. Uh, honestly, why not? Um, yeah. One of the again, on, on the independent team right now, um, that's one of the. Because again, I think WWE pretty much, especially for a long time, has gifted, just kept snatching women, people, women's talent. There's just there's not a lot of it out there. Even AEW, who have who have conceded time and effort, concerted uh, time and effort into building their women's division, it's still kind of struggling. And I'm not even so much blaming them. There's just not a lot of talent out there. Uh, so when you have someone like Tasha Steele, who, like I said, can wrestle, has character, can cut a promo, you put a title on them, but you have to give them the opportunity. Especially as you mentioned, when you're current champion. You have an older champion who had who is as hot as she's been in a long time because of the great exposure. That's when you will make the switch and try to make a new start. Yes. 
Oh, I appreciated that a whole lot. We had Violent by Design, Eric Young and Joe Doring defeating the Good Brothers for the Impact World Tag Team Championships. I thought this was fine. I was happy for Violent by Design because they really needed a win because they've been just taking a lot of L's for the sake of the Bullet Club and for the sake of the, the Good Brothers and trying to make them look cool again. That's not going to happen. But, you know, we so we got that out the way. And then our main event, we had Moose defeating Heath. Um, the match was fine. A lot of us know that Moose is working hurt through a torn labrum. But the real news of that was Josh Alexander returning, laying out Moose, Moose setting up the stage for them to run that deal. Uh, I want to say run it back, but run it proper back. So I'm very excited to see what that is. I thought, uh, yeah, Impact put on a, a good pay-per-view. Also, I would say to people, get M- Impact pay-per-views to get caught up with their product if you're not. Because one thing about Impact that's nice, their pay-per-views are pretty cheap. So it's like you're not breaking the bank. Whereas with AEW, I was like, this comedy money going to cover this. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Um, again, Impact, like you said, the, the previews tend to be about 10 bucks. It's well worth it. Again, I think you were 100% right. I think that Alex Shelley, um, Jay White match by itself is worth the price of the preview. So definitely check it out. And again, man, I, I give Impact a ton of credit. Their booking always makes sense. The talent, sometimes I'll be honest with you, it is what it is, man. Sometimes some of the guys are older. Some of the guys either are older or they're just not in their prime yet. So they're still learning on the job. Some of the matches do not have the work rate of the WWE or uh, AEW, but they do have, again, some of the great workers. I think, like I so, said, Jake Miguel, usually X Division uh, matches that start off tend to be great. Uh, they usually have one match, one or two matches that will jump out and be like, and, 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 and feature some of the best talents in the world. I think Moose is one of the better champions in the world today, even with the Toronto Labor, he still wrestled really well. He can still go and he can still call a hello promo. Josh Alexander is one of the best wrestlers in the world today, so I'm sure whenever they square up. And and um, we didn't mention, but Jonah and Josh uh, Alexander probably had a few weeks back. Had an, yeah, they had a oh, yeah. tremendous yeah. match that I yeah. recommend going out of your way to check out. So, um, again, I think if you – for 10 bucks, I think uh, Impact always gives you something that, you know, gives you your money's worth and more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Facts. Agree 100%. Okay, now with the time remaining, let's move on to WWE. We are still on the road to WrestleMania. Um, I think Raw has been good. Again, I, I do want to give a shout out. I think um, I, I was. I think last time we spoke, I mentioned that Raw was about to have the most anticipated tag team match uh, in a decade without um, uh, New Day or Usos as part of it. And I think that match they knocked it out of the park, man. Now, that was been one of the best televised Raw matches in, 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 in forever. Probably the best WWE televised match. Uh, I want to say since, if not if not since the Damon Bryant retirement match, then probably at least since Edge, uh, Seth Rollins at the Garden. Um, just a tremendous piece of business, I thought, again. Uh, just really perfectly uh, laid out match, made complete sense. You have two heel tag teams, and of course you make, you know, the baby, you make... Uh, the, the crowd wait for the reindeer hot tag and when it finally arrives the whole building blows up and now like how the smart marky you know might blow up like you had you didn't have uh, any chance it was just like very genuine reaction that you kind of used to see back in the back in the day of like fans actually being genuinely excited and randy orton is so cool man he's one of the because again because i'm thinking back to the the triple threat from aw right then you have hot tag from luchasaurus and then you have this giant guy come in and he does um all these feats of strength, all these like uh, moonsaults and all the all these flips. And then you have Randy Orton on the other hand, who, you know, gets a hot tag. The entire crowd 
blows up, and all he has to do is just, you know, do a couple clotheslines. Uh, he does have a beautiful power slam in his DDT, but, you know, relatively simple moveset. But, you know, that's what happens when you, you have, you know, 20 years in the business and have remained relatively over and, and relatively well positioned. Um, yeah, again, obviously we have one of the coolest RKOs of all time. Um, you know, it, again, like I said, everybody played their part. Well, um, Otis um, was just a, a monster that he needed to be during that match. Uh, KO and, and Seth Rollins showing off their um, uh, indie bona fides with the cool moves. I think their tag team offense has been a lot of fun. Um, we got callbacks to, you know, uh, last week when they won with their, with their sequence, their buckle bomb into stunner into uh, stomp. Uh, sequence this time they all they hit it once again but this time Riddle outsmarts him and picks up the pin I think that's a good move as well you kind of needed to remind people that hey, Riddle can also you know he's not just a brain or fuck up of this tag team he can actually be the smart one and you know get the W so uh, again 20 some odd minutes match crowd was hot for all of it I enjoyed watching it uh, I think the entire segment with the promos and then everything afterwards took about 15 minutes of, of Raw. And again, when you have the three-hour show, why not dedicate 15 minutes of it to your hottest program and, and something that, that is over? And now you, you were in a good position where now that these tag teams are going to go different places and then these superstars are going to go different places, um, all their programs will have some momentum behind them because they're coming off such hot match, because they're coming off a hot program. And we were excited to see this match based on like, you know, previous month of programming. I think, again, this is just good booking. I think the reason why this week's Raw, despite not having anybody who's going to main event WrestleMania on the way to WrestleMania, which, they're like, you know, when does that happen? But they didn't have Brock, they didn't have Roman, they didn't have Ronda, they didn't have Charlotte. Now, again, me and you are not necessarily the biggest fans of Ronda or Charlotte, so for us it's not a big deal. But nonetheless, we have none of your main event talent, uh, you know, at least nominally speaking on Raw, and we get a good show because you do have those six, the, the six uh, members I just mentioned, and you can build a whole show just around them, which is what they did. Well, yeah, they, they definitely did right by running it when they ran it, get it out the way first, because that was the only thing that was going to, if they had, if they had made me wait, I just wouldn't have watched it. It was, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Cause I'm still not excited on the road to WrestleMania. I'm not excited. I do not care. Um, they can have, they can do, you can do a good job. And that is what you will get credit for is doing your job effectively. And that is their tag team division with those three or those four has been the, not the lone bright spot, but one of the few bright spots on Monday night. And they have figured out that since it's some of our few bright spots, we need to extend the time as much as possible because we have an audience that is invested into that. And they did a very good job of that. Yeah, no, and again, they're, it's as long as you don't look too closely, they're doing some good things. But there's always, there's always you're going to make an objection. You can always make a point as to why it's not particularly good. I mean, I like the fact that this week, like, they're really making the big deal out of the Stone Cold interviews. Like, hey, how can we hide it, hype it up? Let's have two of our big guys fight for it. That makes sense. Now, if you go into it, is it kind of silly that we're building the Stone Cold, you know, uh, interview or but that's that them. But that, it's never been sillier things. Suddenly hates Texas out of nowhere. Yeah, it's silly, but at least you at least you are you 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 make you try and make it now. Now that you've done this silly thing, you try and make it as valuable and as exciting as possible, right? Well, yeah, and, and you have to do it. You have to do it in a way that because you know like, you also have to do it in a way that everyone feels comfortable. 
They wanted Steve Austin to come back for a match. He flatly refused. JR's said very, very, JR's been very honest. Like, hey, I talked to the guy. He's not particularly excited about this thing. So Kevin, and I understand why he's not particularly excited about this thing. There's not much to be excited about, to be fair. But that check is crazy. So you got to say yes when they put in seven figures in your face. So Kevin Owens is going to lead it. And he's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And it's going to be a feel-good moment for the fans and um, all that stuff. I think the one of the things that has been interesting about Raw is the the not that it's the it's the transition of Edge. Okay, so you know because again we have to keep in mind Edge. He's another guy who can reinvent himself. He's reinventing himself again. He's got new entrance music. I love it. Um, he now comes out, you know, and all of this is in the, the, the mountain of omnipotence that my man has the infinity stones and he's been honest. Hey man, like I let you, I was trying to appease you guys. And it's a, it's a tale as old as time, as good as I am, when I focus in on what you guys want, I lose sight of the objective. And again, he had, and, and also here's the thing that WWE does not do. They don't do it good at all. And they should, um, but they're bad storytellers. They don't talk honestly about these things and how they progress. But will they, they, if they trust a talent, they will allow the talent to then bring it up. Then he says, hey, man, because of you guys, because my eye wasn't on the ball, Randy Orton tore my tricep. Because of you guys, I allow Seth Rollins to distract me when I had Roman Reigns beat. Because of you guys, I let this Aquaman cosplayer, Roman Reigns, stack me at WrestleMania. And he's right. <laughs> because in each of those instances, he gets to sit there and have a legitimate gripe for these matches that he should have won that he did not win. And then he gets to sit there and say again, I'm and it, there's truth in the things that he says, I'm better than everyone in this entire industry. He might be right. So it's like, so he had, there's nuggets and kernels of truth and all of that. And now he almost, he looks at himself as a deity like figure. You know what I'm saying? Like where Seth Rollins, like I'm a revolutionary and I'm a visionary. We don't even know what that means. He just says it a lot. Right. But he's like, no, I am God. I am, I, I am wrestling Jesus. I am wrestling Zeus. And here I am. And every time I talk in this promo, the lights have to be dimmed. And it all has to be on me because I am on the mountain of omnipotence. And then he even says again, hey, AJ, if you had fought that edge, you would have left me in the dust. But you're not. <laughs> you're fighting a guy who sees everything. You know, so that I think from a story perspective, now, they do have situations that are cool, like building Omos, having him kill people, Omos and having him kill people. But from that perspective, no, that's an actual main event feud. That's, so that's going to be a main event feud for WrestleMania. It may not be the last match, but it's going to be a main event feud. And the fact that it's getting uh, addressed, because we know Edge ain't going to be wrestling every single week, the fact that it's being addressed to being able to progress, I think, is very important and helpful. No, absolutely. Again, I, I, I think I said from the beginning, right now, there are two things I'm really, really excited about, you know, for WrestleMania. One is Bianca and, and Becky. I think they keep doing good build for that. I, I love, you know, Becky coming back. Hey, you, you, you messed up my throat. Boom, I'm fucking up your throat. And next week, I'm coming back for the hair. Love how aggressive she is, Becky. You know, this is like the Becky they would kind of need if she's going to be the key on the field. And I think she's been excellent. Uh, I think the entire program, again, Bearing aside the, the beginning at SummerSlam and how maybe that wasn't executed as well as it should have, I think that entire story has been really well done in terms of long-term storytelling. Uh, and again, as long as hopefully they'll nail it in the end and put the title on uh, Bianca. Uh, and yeah, as, as I said, I think uh, AJ versus Edge was just Edge being as good as he has been since his comeback. Um, and and the, the way that that started, how good that started, 
I just did not see any way in which it wasn't going to be awesome by the time they got there. Like, the, like hey, you give them two time, especially if it's going to be Edge, who just made his turn, and he has all this, like, all right, boom, I'm, I get to be here again. And, you know, you, you already see how good my promos were, but now I get to be where I'm even more comfortable, where kind of my strength really is. I knew it was going to be awesome, and it has. Well, he was already, <laughs> and, and, and from a long arc perspective, and I put this more on edge than anyone else, he was already about to turn heading into WrestleMania last year mm-hmm. because he had very little. So, so again, it's a buildup. You see what I'm saying? So he's like, why is Daniel Bryan in this? What's his purpose for being in this? I, it should be me and this guy. Daniel Bryan's in this. I have the match won at WrestleMania, which he did. And the Usos get involved. Brian Dan- Daniel Bryan stops it. I have the match won again at Vengeance. Seth Rollins stops it. So he has these legitimate, and now I've got to deal with this guy coming into my house. And so I've got to, I got to destroy him. I have to kill him. He's dead. I've murdered him. He's finished. So now what's the point? I let all the time I wasted when I don't got time, I'm better than everyone else here. So Edge's turn is not so sudden as people want to think, especially after, you know, you kill the Miz twice, whatever, whatever, you know, some of the best stuff Miz has ever been a part of for Edge, very mid. But, like, what does he do after that? Like, you have to know. You have to reestablish the characters. Yeah, I'm still wasting my time. It's cool that him and his wife got to do their thing together. But, yeah, it's like, or now he's, you know, playing around. It's time to get back to business. The mountain of omnipotence. Yes. Oh, um, actually, shout out. Uh, um, I don't think they were on this week's Raw, but... um. I'm excited for what they what they do for Dolph Ziggler again. You know, you stick around long enough, eventually, they'll, you know, you'll reap the rewards. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, champion, uh, excellent. I think yes. everything they've been doing with Ron Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa has been excellent. Um, notwithstanding uh, a, a, a terrible botch from Braun, which is okay. It's his like 20th match. He can. But you know what? Things. But you know what though? Like, but honestly, like they he def. That's I mean, again, when you when you when you microman when every spot is called, so he missed his cue. But to the announcer's credit, I remember watching that. I'm like, that's an easy thing to fix. Just say he's Nige, he's exhausted, and he ran. That's why he ran out in the ring. And they did. It's a very easy fix to the point that I'm like, I won't even hold that against Braun because I'm just like, no, one, you're new. And again, all your spots are deter- like everything, every moment of every single match. So you miss your cue. That's when, it- look, this is supposed to be a thing that simulates a real event. So it can't always be clean. So for something like that, so long as it is addressed appropriately, I'm like, yeah, that can happen. Because <laughs> a fight ain't always clean. So, so, I'm like, so they did do credit in that regard. But yeah, like I was like, look, Vince likes him enough. Ain't not going to happen with that, with that. He's fine. Yeah, just wanted to give it credit again. I think it's a cool thing they did. I wasn't expecting to pull the trigger on, on it. And uh, again, they, they, they're trying, man. NXT, I promise you guys, I know the ratings ain't go up. I know it's 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 probably not going to go up to be perfectly honest, but it's been good. I've been I'm, I, I mean, like yeah, I I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, aside from Finn having the title, I I am coming around to their main event scene more, you know, than when it was Adam Cole, and then you know, even when it was Cross because it was so short. So I'm coming around to that. Um, you know, Carmelo, you know, is is doing really good stuff. So like that's coming along very very nicely. Um, the only bad thing is we have to just sit through Grayson Waller. So it's like, that's, Grayson, I, I enjoy it. You didn't like the, their last man standing match? No, because I knew the that? outcome. I knew the outcome, but one's an actual star and the other guy wears, you know, shorts. Like, I mean, again, that's, I, 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 I listen, I will look, I'm correct. LA Knight is better by every single metric. You're investing in this guy 
because he's young. When I'm like, okay, but LA Knight's 39. By that logic, he's still young. Like, so it's like, it's, it's just, and he looks great. He can talk. He's over like Rover. He can do, you, we've seen him be a heel that everyone hates to now everyone loving him and being like, yeah, you can get more out of that guy as opposed to make a, listen, if you want to give me Miz 2.0, fine. Give me Miz 2.0. I don't need to see LA Knight get wasted over, over some shit like that. So either, but again, I know they ain't gonna call him up neither. So what the fuck? Well, see, I think LA Knight. I think he, they're gearing up because again, you thought that they were going to do nothing to begin with, and that he, you know, he kept. He's he's still busy. He's still regular feature TV. He's he gets over with the crowd. I think he wins this feud in the end. I think they stretch this out until Stanley delivered. He wins the feud. Maybe even we'll see what happens. Maybe even challenges somebody for the title or something. I ain't challenging nobody for no title. We'll see. Now uh, winning. Now winning. He might challenge. He's he not win winning, nothing. but you know. Yeah. But again, I think I think they're doing good things with him, and uh, yeah, he definitely opened my eyes as far as him because I've only seen uh, Ellie Knight back then, the Eli Drake um, on Power, and he was always a good uh, promo, but I've just never seen him do as well in the ring as he has lately. Um, hey, man, oh, been man, been, been around a long time. On the Tuesday before NXT, uh, I can call it right now, man. Kushida versus A Kid is going to be awesome. I'm Kushida about to eat that loss so clean, boy. I tell you what, yeah, and he's going to be tapping. Bro. He probably will be tap. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good, you know. I guess so. That's that's fine. Hey, kid, if you haven't seen him, he's like again. He's in that sweet spot between uh between uh Daniel Garcia and Zach Sabre Jr. He's one of those. Um, just again, just a very good, solid technical wrestler, and Kushida is great, obviously at that as well. So I expect him to have a very good. Hopefully, you get the time. Uh, but again, calling him now, this will be the best match you'll see this week. Um. Anything else? Anything else we want to cover? WWE uh, wise, I, I, think, I think we, I think we, I think we hit it from what happened with Big E. Uh, and honestly, yeah, there, there wasn't much that has happened. Uh, oh, one thing I do want to add is I was worried about the the fact that Ronda Rousey is going to get booed out of the stadium on uh, WrestleMania night. Doesn't look like it's going to happen. I think she's actually no. getting free over with the crowd. So mm-hmm. shout out to that. I'm still not excited to watch the match, but at least it's it has averted my worst fears. Yeah, we're not we're not booing Ronda. Everybody's happy to see. I mean, again, I think before COVID, we would have stayed on the track of booing Ronda. I think because we're living in COVID world now, it's like people just happy to see people outside who they know. So no one's booing Ronda. Only way they boo Ronda is if she can't deliver in the ring in that match. That's the only way these the, the crowd turns on her is if she can't deliver. But I know they're being meticulous enough about that match to ensure that it's it, it's going to be fine. Okay, and well said. Um, that's the only thing we can ask them for. I think we're ready to get up out of here. Uh, yes. But of course, not before giving our match of the week. So tell you, sir, uh, go ahead and let the people know. Guys, I want to impose myself upon you a little bit. I have two matches of the week. Now, I know that's a bit much, but let me say that these two matches do not go past 21 minutes combined. It's very important that I tell you that. My first match of the week is actually the latest episode of NWA Power, Matt Cardona versus Trevor Murdoch for the NWA World's Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. It's a very simple 12-minute match. I love the match. It's the match in two parts. The first half, Matt Cardona makes it. The second half, Trevor Murdoch makes it. It's a very simple match. It's very, very like rudimentary. It doesn't try to be anything more than what it is. The announcers do their part particularly well. Uh, and Trevor Murdoch really shines uh, at the end of that match. So check that one out. Also, if you could please go back 
to uncensored 1998 Sting versus Scott Hall for the WCW World's Heavyweight Championship. It's such a fun match. Honestly, during that whole Sting run, I'll be perfectly honest with you guys, aside from his Kevin Nash matches, that was his best match on pay-per-view. He didn't have to deal with the ego of Hogan. He didn't have to deal with the ego of Hogan and Randy Savage being hurt at Spring Stampede a month later. He had an in-shape, motivated Scott Hall, and they turned that place on. They, they set it on fire for eight minutes. It was only eight minutes, and they set it on fire. Such a fun match and worth checking out. I swear to God, this was going to be my match of the week as well. I watched <laughs> the entire unsanctioned 1998 uh, yesterday, uh, or at least most of it. Oh, yeah. on the pay-per-view to begin with. If you guys, yes. know, if you guys are going to find this match on Peacock, and you have the time, might as well stick around because yeah. you get to see, uh, you get to see a young Eddie Guerrero and Booker T open it up. You get Juventud yes. Guerrero against Conan. Following that, in another good match, you had Team Malenko versus Chris Jericho in there. Yep. You know, famous feud. Uh, you know, the Master with Thousand and Four Holds uh, yeah. promo. Even Giant and Kevin Ash is kind of fun. Uh, it was fun. Bit. It was quick. You but had Bret Hart versus Kurt Henning. You know, yeah, like that's right. Bret Hart yeah. Henning, uh, you know, mm -hmm. back to edit. There's a fun triple threat match that uh, had awesome, a little bit of a botch in the end, but DDP trying yes. to uh, uh, give uh, Raven the diamond card through the table. Doesn't yeah. quite work out, but uh, it's a fun match nonetheless. But of course, the highlight is, as you mentioned, Sting versus Scott Hall. Um, and again, you know, you talk about how giving Scott Hall is, man. Does yeah. not mind it, man. He has, uh, he's there with Dusty Rhodes as his manager, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Interfere against an eight minute match and Dusty inter interferes a few times to help Scott. Not the, the drama, does the not drama, yeah. And, and he doesn't mind again. As soon as yep. uh, as soon as thing hits uh, his finishing, it's it, he's done. Yep. Um, yep. and it's and it's and he doesn't mind again taking the loss because he's he knows who he is, you know, he's yep. one of the NWO founding members, and in that time, nobody's higher than that. Um, so again, excellent match. It was gonna be my match of the week as well. Uh, see, so I cup, so I covered it. See that? You see? You, you, see the, you see the knowledge? <laughs> uh, and uh, again, I think it's just another reminder of how excellent of a wrestler Scott Hall was. And I think that's the perfect place for us to finish our podcast on. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us. Um, thank you for enjoying uh, wrestling and, uh, and uh, be well and be safe out there. Peace.